You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All right. Welcome back to the Boys of 161st Street, episode 139. Today is June 29th. June is almost over, so we thought it would be a good time to, you know, get the Futures guy back on the pod from the Action Network. My man is coming at us live with some updates with not only just the players, but we're going to look into some of the actual team odds, too, and all that stuff, because some sticky shit happened, and... That may have shaken things up, so how are we doing? Good. How you guys doing? Good to be here. Good, man. I'm glad to hear your AC got fixed since the last time that I was on it with you. That was a, yeah. that was a hot episode. It, it was. I was I was very sweaty. I'm no longer sweaty. It's, it's a cool 79 degrees and rainy in Texas right now, which is probably like 20 degrees cooler than it is for you guys way up north. <laughs> I live in South Carolina. It is hot as balls here. (laughs) Yeah. I always love starting my episodes with a weather update. That's just going to become like a thing now, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. We just found out. We just found out that BJ was from, uh, uh, where was it? Iowa. So that's Austin, Texas, man. So yeah, no, wait, no, BJ. No, BJ is from, BJ is from Iowa, which is, we just found out last week. And now we find out that, (laughs) that Colin's from, from Texas. So we got everybody from everywhere. So we can start every episode out with a little bit of, uh, a weather update to let everybody know but uh gotta assume that uh damon's sweating as well now sweating his job since he's playing hooky today calling in sick which yeah. i don't think Ooh. i believe that's two days in a row now that he's quote unquote sick yeah he said he can't so, really talk but you know if you see really... him out in the streets just send a picture in that way we can kind of call him on his bluff truth be told he couldn't really talk before anyway this is a situation <laughs> with the coughing so we'll let him slide on this one but let's get into the business here. Do you guys want to start with MVP, Cy Young, or what? I think we'll leave it up to Colin here. Well, what do you guys? What do you guys want? To, I want to know what's most interesting to you guys, and I can I can talk about it. You, I, uh, you want to talk AL Cy? I think yeah, AL Cy. Is- I want to talk like dark horses, kind of some other people that could come up and sneak up and win the Cy Young because you know Cole's odds were clearly the best he was supposed to be the runaway favorite and then in his last three starts he's got over a five ERA he's clearly having issues with the sticky stuff I don't know if the you know the market's adjusted to it that drastically yet but I think it's definitely time to look it's always time to look outside it because I think he was minus money but now, more than ever, I feel like it's a great time to hop on some of those before the odds come down. And I'm particularly yeah. interested by it, too, because we're facing Otani right now. Otani's been lighting it up. Vladdy's been lighting it up in division also. So a lot of fun things to talk about in terms of just that's Cy Young for Otani, but also he's more for the MVP conversation. So, yeah, why don't we start with the Cy Young? 
Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's it's always really hard to find dark horses this late in the year, but it's certainly possible. Um, you look at a couple of years ago when when Jake Arrieta won the the NL Cy Young Award, he was basically I, I I wish I knew what his odds were, you know, at the end of June, but he basically turned it into the best pitcher in baseball for the last three months, came out of nowhere and won the award. So stuff like that's certainly possible, but it's really hard. And the AL race is so weird this year. As you mentioned, Garrett Cole's the favorite. He's still the favorite. He's still a minus money favorite. Um, looking at BetMGM's odds right now, they're minus, he's minus 175. And then you have basically a trio behind him. Two White Sox guys, Rodon's plus 300, Lance Lynn's plus 650, and then Shane Bieber's plus 1,500. After that, there's a huge gap after those top four to Glass now, who we don't even know is going to pitch again this year at plus 4,000. Kyle Gibson, a Texas Rangers <laughs> pitcher, plus 4,000. And then all the way on down. So, you know, finding dark horses is tricky. I have a couple of, of uh, I don't know if you'd call them dark horses, but um, one of them, I might get accused of it being a little bit of a homer pick, but like <laughs> Lucas Giolito sitting there at 6,600. You know, he's still the best pitcher on the White Sox, and he's, he's finished uh, top of top five Cy Young uh, a couple times now. And, you know, he began the season at like 12 to one, 15 to one. And if you look at his numbers, there's a lot of room for some positive regression there. I think 66 to one is like insane value for a pitcher that good because he's the kind of guy who could just go for two or three months with like a 1.2 ERA and, and steal the award. Um, the other guy that I'll give you, who's even a bigger dark horse. I'm not, to be clear, I'm not recommending putting money on this guy, but if you're <laughs> looking for a, a kind of out of nowhere, he's been really good. And if he keeps it up this whole season, the voters are going to have to not ignore him anymore is an, is another AL East rifle. And it's Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray. I'm actually, as we speak, I'm fading him. I'm betting, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm betting on, on Seattle tonight. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes tonight. Like Robbie Ray has been consistently, especially during his Diamondbacks tenure, the most frustrating pitcher to bet on or bet against or own in a fantasy league because any night he could throw eight innings and strike out 15 batters or he could walk eight batters and last three innings. This year he's been doing the former like nonstop. It's like all of a sudden he's always had elite bat missing stuff, but now he knows where the ball's going. And that's really scary. And he's pitching, you know, he's pitching in Florida. Now he's pitching in Buffalo. Who knows if he's going to get to pitch in Toronto at all this year, but so far he's been pitching in all these hitters parks and he's putting up great numbers. He's a hundred to one right now to win the AL side. You look for dark horses. Again, I'm going to give you guys that's going to kind of make you chuckle a little bit, but Robbie Ray would be kind of the epitome of the dark horse pick right now. You know, and hey, that, I got him on my fantasy team. I'm perfectly okay with that if he comes out and just shuts it down the rest of the year. I think I'm in like ninth place out of tenth. So yeah, and, I started <laughs> dead last in every pitching category. So I stopped on, caring Robbie. about that. I stopped caring about that. So I have Mike Trout, and I've my entire team got hurt. So I just stopped. I stopped caring about that. But in terms, it's funny that you mentioned. Funny that you mentioned Robbie Ray is because he's one of the players that have been rumored and talked about not this year, but in years past and off seasons past the Yankees potentially getting Robbie Ray. And I've never yeah. been interested in it. So I'm sure Yankee fans are relatively familiar with Robbie Ray. And uh, like you said, I mean, if, if he is con- commanding the zone, that's definitely been his one bugaboo. So, I mean, th- with those odds, it doesn't hurt to throw a couple dollars on that. Yeah. I mean, who would you rather have, especially if you're just looking at the Blue Jays, Robbie Ray is a hundred to one. Yunjin Ryu, who has not looked like himself most of the season, he's missing, he's striking out like 
two batters fewer per nine than he did last year. He's sitting there at 66 to one. And it's like, I'd much rather have value on Robbie Ray right now than Ryu. Yeah. I mean, hundred to one is, is just, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just throw your money on there. Doesn't, doesn't I'll tell the people to put their money on that. You don't have to be the one giving <laughs> advice. I'll, I'll be the one to, uh, did Garrison just hit home run? Yes, he did. Off of- I'm seeing that in the background. Right. Sorry, man. Sorry yeah. to get oh, off track so- there. So is that um, an updated uh, MVP right there, <laughs> Gary Sanchez? Yeah. Quick question, though, about the Cy Young odds. You know, yeah. you have somebody like Kyle Gibson who kind of fits the mold of a trade really well on a just dog shit Rangers team. He's got, <clears throat> you know, the stats to back it up. How much does that affect his odds? Obviously, we're not going to know the exact number, but if you had to take a guess, if, say, he got traded to the Yankees and – the Yankees somehow figure out how to play baseball again. How much does that affect whether or not you're willing to bet on him going forward? I don't think with pitchers, there's much of a track record of team success needing to be there to win an award. You look at, you know, like peak Felix Hernandez, you know, wins the Cy Young with like 11 wins or whatever. And that was back before people really started to understand how meaningless the win stat is. Um, so I think there's plenty, you know, there's plenty of precedent of of guys who are good on bad teams winning the award. I think with Gibson, it's more a matter of is he really going to keep this up for the entire season? You know, uh, you guys were mentioning fantasy earlier. I accidentally drafted Kyle Gibson <laughs> in an auction at the beginning of the season for like a buck. I was like, well, crap. Now I'm stuck with Kyle Gibson in the back of my roster. And now I'm thrilled to death about it. Um but even if he keeps up like the ERA stuff, you know, I don't know if we're ever going to see a guy win the Cy Young with 7.4 strikeouts per nine again. It's like the run prevention numbers are insane, but he's not like missing bats at an elite level. And yeah, at some point, the, you know, the point of the game is to not allow runs. So at some point that overrules the strikeout numbers, but that's still tough to ignore. And I don't know if a guy can have success over a full season with that low of a K per nine. And you mentioned, Kyle Gibson and I mean who do you you said you don't you don't necessarily think that being on a good team really plays into that but like I think to the to the degree that he's on if he's on a better team I think it may have a little bit of an impact on it I think he doesn't get I think it's only on the former side only if he's on a bad team it doesn't count against him but I think it doesn't hurt if he's on a good team so for a guy like Kyle Gibson if he potentially goes to the Yankees and helps us out a little bit I'm not saying we're a good team. We're a pretty shit team right now. But like, well, that's what you say. You guys keep mentioning the Yankees thing, but then you talk about how terrible the Yankees are if he goes from one bad team to yeah, exactly. No, I'm no, no, no. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I feel like brand recognition though goes like a long yeah. way, and that yeah, like a lot of odds and stuff is po- like a popularity contest. The Yankees, yeah. even when they're free falling, are still you know ten, eleven to one it's to win the World Series because. Yeah, it's exposure to voters. Yeah. They if they see you a lot, it's going to help. And, you know, the Yankees are on national TV quite a bit, regardless of how they're doing. The Rangers, you know, I live I've never been on national hours, TV. I live three hours from Arlington and I don't know if I've ever met a Rangers fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure um, the last time they were on TV was when they played the Cardinals in the World Series in twenty like yeah. eleven. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I mean, certainly, I, I think I think your point is valid. I think uh, it doesn't necessarily hurt someone to play on a bad team, period, but it definitely can boost their stock if they get more exposure. Because you got to remember how these awards are voted on. It's just, 
you know, it's it's two BBWAA members in every major league city just gets a vote. And so the more of those guys, those 30, you know, men and women who who are who are voting on this award see them, the more likely they are to have a chance to win the award. Yeah, I mean, what were the odds for Kyle Gibson? I'll put some cash on 40, it. 40 to 1. It's the it's the fifth best odds. He's not even like really an underdog anymore. Yeah, it's kind of like the Heisman Trophy effect when they talk about West Coast players not getting as much love because the voters aren't up to watch them. Yeah, yes. I feel like that, you know. Absolutely. So my question to you, I think we briefly mentioned it with the sticky stuff. I think that's a fun, like we you said, it's pretty difficult to find dark horses this at this stage in the game. I think with the sticky stuff that could give a an opportunity to find some dark horses because maybe some guys who are the favorites, Garrett Cole may start to regress. Hopefully he doesn't, but like what if the top guys are the top guys because they all use sticky stuff and they got bottom guys are the bottom guys because they don't. And then, you know, it levels the playing field a little bit. And then all of a sudden you see a guy like Kyle Gibson, who's a, who's a, a straight edge who wouldn't break a rule in his life. Maybe then he comes in there and he just fucking steals the the steals the show and takes the award and maybe the odds haven't quite caught up to that yet. So you can get those right now and make some cash. I feel yeah, like it kind of shifts be... the odds to people who aren't power pitchers. If I don't, I don't yeah. know why. Uh, I mean, that's just more like baseball. No, because spin rate wise. and like people who can place it well, and but, curve more, more movement. I think that, that spider tech will help with that too. So I don't necessarily think that's the well, case. No, I'm saying the spider tech helps the power pitchers control their fastballs and stuff like that. The guys who have never had the overpowering stuff have learned to pitch more throughout their career. I mean, if you, you can know, make a ball than, break 10, you, 10 more if, feet, it's going to help. So I don't I'm, think. Well, yeah, no shit. I'm just saying like, <laughs> you know, if you can't blow 99 by someone, you have to learn how to locate 90 or, you know, 92. I feel like it plays into their favor. You know what? I'm taking it and I'm running with it. I don't care what you say. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I think that could be something that could definitely – open the door for some pitchers that's just i don't know if you can really who's to say who's using it who's not i think pretty much everybody's using it, but it's something that i'm going to keep an eye on going forward so uh, i think it's worth it i mean i think you 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 look at the spin rates but i do think that there's a certain level of pitcher who's going to be like maybe spider tack has helped garrett cole i think it's likely that it has but did it turn him from a bad pitcher into a good pitcher or did it turn him from a really good pitcher into an elite pitcher i think that garrett cole without spider tack Last start notwithstanding is still a really good pitcher and someone who's still very likely to win the Cy Young. Yeah, it's like when, you know, some people take steroids and they don't work out. It's like you can't just get you're not going to get big by juicing. you got to work out a lot, too. It just makes somebody who's exactly. already big really fucking big. So I, I personally I'm not worried about Cole. I know we put up a poll to you guys, the listeners and the people who are following our accounts. And we said, are you worried about Garrett Cole? And Honestly, I was very shocked that people said, I think it was like 51%. So it was just the majority. So they were worried about Cole. So I don't know. I don't think I am, but I think that's something that I'd, I, my money is still on Garrett Cole to win the Cy Young in my mind. So absolutely. if you guys want to move into the MVP, I think that's a very interesting situation going on there, considering we are seeing a little bit of Otani right now. And we do. Otani's all- not pitching, by the way. This is Henny. Well, I'm not talking about him pitching. He also you hits. He, did you, you were when he was pitching. You did you remember that he also run. hits? Because he's playing today well, hitting. Rewind the tape. You said that Gary Sanchez hit a home run off him. So just want to. I didn't say off him. Uh, yes, you did. We'll, you let, said the, that we'll let the people decide. We'll let the people decide. But 
I think people have ears, so I think. (laughs) Okay, whatever. I don't give a shit. Maybe I was wrong, but in terms of the MVP odds right now, I think it's pretty difficult to make an argument against Otani because he's doing it both ways. A lot of people are saying Vlad right now because he's tearing the cover off the ball, but I mean, most valuable player. I forget who just said that, but I saw it on uh, Twitter today once. It's like you can't make the argument against valuable. Like this guy pitches and hits, and he does them both at a very, very good. <laughs> just very good at both of them. So, I mean, hard to make the argument against that, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, Colin. I don't think there's, I don't think there is an argument against Otani at this point. The only argument, like from a betting standpoint, is that because he is also pitching, um, you know, you hate to like, when betting, you never want to factor in the potential for injury. But like, because he's pitching, you know, if if he even goes down and misses like a month's worth of starts, then that, as good of a hitter as he is, it's like the fact that he does both is what makes him such a strong candidate. Yeah. Um, and um, so that would be the only thing that gives me pause. It's just like pitching is so, you know, uh, there's just so, so many variables that go into, you know, whether or not he can keep it up for an entire season, but still, I mean, Otani and Vlad are basically, you know, one, a one B at this point. And, I do think that if you believe that Otani is going to keep it up all season and that he's going to continue pitching all season, I think it's absolutely his award to lose. In fact, I mean, I'm looking at the odds right now on BetMGM, and actually he's a very, very slight underdog to Vlad. Very slight. I mean, Vlad's plus 100 and Otani's plus 105. So it's basically a coin flip between the two. Yeah. Um, but at plus money, it would be hard to, to to bet against Otani. I don't know if there's value when it's that low, but you know, if you jumped on it a few weeks ago when he was still eight, ten, twelve to one, I, I'd I'd still be feeling pretty good. And that's such a crazy race too, because like once you get past Vlad, and once you get past Otani, like like you were asking about sleepers, I'm like. I can't really find one in the AL MVP race. Like if, if Vlad were to cool down, if Ot- something were to happen to Otani and we're able to, he weren't able to to pitch anymore. Like, I don't know who the hell's going to win the, win the award, like Cedric Mullins, AL MVP or something, you know? Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I mean, Cedric. Yeah. About Otani. Cause even if it's like a shoulder strain or he's sidelined for a month, then you just have his bat going up against Vlad. Who's putting up one of the best years ever. So I mean, at that point, it's just two hitters, two, you know, a DH and a first baseman going against each other. It's night and day. There's the nod to Vlad. And I think that's kind of how the odds reflect that, right? You know, that factor, I feel like the odds kind of factor that in, that he might, any small derailment of his pitching just makes it a head-on-head hitting matchup, which, yeah, he's a damn good hitter, but Vlad Jr. is out of this world right now. Yeah, I think, I think that's absolutely the case. Um and and maybe you're you're right. Maybe that is why Otani is is slightly uh slightly listed as an underdog right now is is the uncertainty over a pitcher. And you know, um, the thing that drives me nuts about Vlad though is is before the season, I think he was eighty to one to win MVP. Um, he was also thirty three to one to lead the league in homers. And I remember the homer total because I have a ticket on that. And I recommended that people put a bet on him for MVP, but I didn't put one myself when he was 80 to one. Yeah. So I'm like watching him blow up and I'm like super excited about the home runs, obviously, but I, I'm, I'm looking at these MVP numbers drop. I'm like, why didn't I bet on Vlad preseason? Because I saw, you know, it was like the number one, 
number one prospect in baseball with 80 grade power like two years ago. And he, he has a little bit of a slow start to the career and everyone kind of forgot about him. And now he's doing exactly what we thought he would do. Yeah. Well, a lot of people wrote him off early, but like you said, I mean, he comes into this season and he drops like, what was it? 30, 40 pounds. And then yeah. I know me and a few of my friends, I like to invest in uh, trading cards and stuff like that. So he was a hot one that people were investing in just because of the, the weight that he lost. And then I was skeptical on it. I didn't really buy into it. I was a little bit of a Vlad hater at first, but he's totally that guy right now. And I think yeah, back- and the big thing for him is the launch angle. Like yeah. I looked at his numbers the last two years and it was like, you can have 80 grade power, but if you're hitting the ball into the ground every at bat, it doesn't, doesn't make a difference. You know, you have a ground ball rate that's similar to like Andrelton Simmons or whatever. Um, yeah. But he's, he's, Sorry, as he you said, the big thing to me is that he's like 21 years old. It was kind yeah. of trial by fire. They brought him up on a dog shit Blue Jays team when he was like 19. So mm-hmm. it, uh, people forget and they're like, you know, yeah, fuck him. He's a bust. Like, dude, he was 19 years old. Not everybody's not Juan Soto when you come up. Juan Soto or Ronald Acuna Jr. Exactly. Not everyone's going to do I mean, Mike Trout struggled in his first cup of coffee with in the majors. Uh, people forget that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's still – I mean, he's younger than a lot of guys who are going to get drafted in the MLB draft in a few weeks. Yeah, and I mean, look at another guy in the Yankees too. Labor Torres came up. Lit it up as soon as he came up. He had 62 home runs in his first two years. He's had six in the last two years. He's just not hes not doing it. I don't know whether that's because he's you know not trying to be a power hitter or not, but he's in a pretty big slide right now. But that goes to show you that this is a small sample size in the career of a 24-year-old, and that's the same with Vlad, and you can't write off a guy like that with early, early bad luck. And back to the Otani thing a little bit, I like what you said about you know building in those odds with the potential for injury. I think my metaphor or whatever it would be for him. It's like, he's sprinting a marathon. It's just like, he's going at it so hard and so fast that the wheels are bound to fall off at some point. So I think that is definitely why, because otherwise I would see him as a heavy, heavy favorite right now, to be honest. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm a little surprised. I would think that his numbers were, would be more similar to, I mean, like the NL Cy Young odds, Jacob deGrom's minus 450. I would think that Otani <laughs> is, I would think that Otani's MVP number should be closer to that. But also that's a testament to just how good Vlad has been hitting, I guess. Yeah. So you you uh, did, we, did we say any of the potential dark horses? I know, I know it said it's hard past those two, but like, let's say Otani gets hurt and Vlad puts on 40 more pounds and he goes back to the guy he was before. What happens after that? Because Judge is having a nice year. Obviously, he has potential for injury as well. Trout is hurt right now. He had a great start to the year, but, you know, being out for a couple months is definitely going to hurt your odds there. So I don't know. What are the names past that? I'll okay. So after Vlad and Otani, it's a huge drop off to 25 to one, which is Xander Bogarts. And then you still have trout sitting there at 40 to one judge Jose Ramirez and Matt Olson and Marcus Simeon and Byron Buxton are all 50 to one Byron Buxton, who, you know, can't stay healthy. Um, I would say a hell of a year. Yeah. Of those numbers I just listed, I do like, you know, if if the Yankees turn it around, Judge is going to get some MVP love, absolutely. And, you know, Jose Ramirez is basically the only good offensive player on the entire Cleveland Indians roster. Um, you know, finished second to, to my guy Jose Abreu last year, and if I'm being unbiased, I think Ramirez probably deserved a little bit more than Abreu. Um, so maybe maybe he gets it back this year. Um a guy, if you're looking for names further down the list, I would say the the name that stands out to me most looking here 
would be, and it's funny, it's another DH slugger type, would be Jordan Alvarez, um, who's mashing the ball for Houston, uh, you know, kind of kind of got, was the forgotten man in Houston after missing all of, basically all of last year, you know, scary COVID episode. Um, and the Astros are, you know, currently playing like the best team in baseball. Um, their best odds um, are, it, it's actually Jordan and Correa, and Altuve are all 66 to one. Uh, and then Bregman, because he's hurt, is down there at 100 to one. So um, if the Astros keep this up all season long, which I'm sorry to say, I kind of hope they do. I have a lot of uh, future stock invested in the Astros as much as I dislike them myself. Um, if there's a guy who's going to lead the way there, it might just be Jordan if he just keeps mashing. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been playing like we expected the Astros to play before they cheated. We knew they were a good team and they're continuing to be a good team. They just, which is all the more reason to hate them because they were already a good team and they cheated. But you know, exactly. another name that I don't think, did you mention Michael Brantley? Because he's kind of tearing the cover off the ball this year too. Yeah. Brantley is tearing the cover. I mean, he's hitting like, I think he might be leading the AL and hitting right now. Yeah. I don't. He's, he's not even on the board. <laughs> Why though? He's been, has he regressed a lot? I don't, no, he's he's been incredible. Like I said, yeah. I think he's leading the league in hitting. But yeah, I mean, you can <laughs> bet on Jared Kalanick to win AL MVP, but you can't bet on Michael Brandt, at least just on this one website, you know. <laughs> so maybe maybe if you can find that line, maybe throw that dark horse in there because if, clearly if his line isn't on yeah. there, it's going to be something pretty valuable. So maybe you, I mean, he's hitting Gary three, four. Yeah, he's he's hitting like crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you say Gary Sanchez went deep recently? Because you can get him, you can get him at two hundred to one. In case you were curious, sold. <laughs> I mean, we are we were a big Gary hater pod because he's just I mean, not even just a hater. He was, we were just looking at him. So like he was playing bad and we were telling it like yeah. it is. And a lot of people were, you know, trying to hold on to 2017, 2016, but he I mean he's he's looking like he's back. So if you were going to take a dark horse Yankee fans, I don't think he's going to win it. I don't I think a catcher would have a pretty difficult time putting up MVP yeah. numbers cuz they just don't put up offensive numbers, especially a catcher who doesn't really catch the best. So I don't know. Buster Posey, I think, was probably the last catcher to win it. Yeah, that's kind of wild. There was a card. I remember playing with that card, and it would be the show. That was a pretty fun card to play with. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, did you want to get into a little bit of the – I know we talked a lot about uh, the, the personal awards, but did you want to get into a little bit of the uh, the odds for teams? Yeah, sure. Um, it's – you know, there, there hasn't been a lot of change since my last update. The Dodgers are obviously still favored, um, even though – I don't think they've caught the Giants yet, right? They're still in second place, I believe. Um, the Astros have jumped up, though. The Astros are now the second favorites at plus 650. Um, you know, the last time we talked, I remember uh, you guys were, were kind of in in disbelief that the Yankees' odds hadn't dropped um, all that much yet. And, and we have seen them drop now since then. Um, Yankees are 16 to 1 now. They have the same odds to win the World Series as the Red Sox and the Brewers. Um, behind teams like Oakland, behind Tampa Bay, Mets, White Sox, Padres, Astros, Dodgers, um, still in front of the Giants. The best in the National League, Giants are still are still there, eighteen to one. <clears throat> I keep you know uh, keeping an eye on them because I keep just assuming that they're going to regress, but they yeah. still haven't yet. The the one team that I would that I would probably buy um, at this point would be the Braves. 
you know, who have been the Braves have basically been the NL counterpart to the Yankees this year and that they have huge expectations and just haven't turned it around. And there are people who still believe they're going to turn it around, but they've dropped all the way down to 40 to one. Um, you know, if, if they make a, a deadline move for a starting pitcher, their, their offense is still fantastic. Um, again, we're talking long shot, long shots here. I'm not out here saying, I think the Braves are going to win the world series, but at 40 to one, they offer pretty good value. Um, they kind of remind me of the 2019 nationals, you know, at this yeah. point. I mean, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, they, bull, bull, I mean, obviously they don't have Scherzer and Strasburg, um, but they have an insane offense. They have bullpen trouble. Um, and you know they're they're an aggressive team. They have an aggressive front office that's not afraid to make moves. So um, I'll be watching them come the deadline. And and you know the NL the NL East is just so wide open that um, whoever gets in is obviously going to have a shot. Yeah, I mean, I got one more question before you know we move on out of uh, like odds talking everything like that. I know we're kind of wrapping up towards team stuff. Do you guys do any sort of MLB draft uh, odds or betting, anything like that? You know, um, I don't have an answer for you right now because I'm still waiting to find out what books, if books will offer. Um, yeah, I don't that, know. That's mainly what I was asking. Do books yeah. do that? I've never yeah. seen anything like the NFL. Yeah. They have props and all that shit. I didn't know if they yeah. did that for MLB too. I'm not sure just yet. Um, but if, if they do, we're going to have something on it. We're gearing up for All-Star Weekend because we're going to have a ton of stuff on the Derby and the game because, you know, that's basically the only thing going on in the sports world that weekend. And with the draft taking place that weekend, if there's if there's action to be found, no pun intended, on the, <laughs> on the uh, MLB draft, we're going we're gonna to be all over it. I promise you that. Yeah, I'm interested to see where, uh, where Leiter and, and Kumar Rocker go. I mean, yeah, Chandler, I'm reading that they there there's all this crazy like signability stuff where a lot of the mocks have been oh, yeah. falling down to like four, five, six range. I saw a mock the other day that had Rocket going to the Red Sox. You're gonna hate to to see that, um, you know, uh, because there's there's a bunch of uh, prep prep position players. Uh, it looks like gonna be going in the top two or three, also in in contention with both Lighter and. Uh, and rocker who are a ton of fun to watch. I saw four prep shortstops um, projected in the top 10. So yeah, that's just wild to me. The, the draft never, or... I mean, guys are so, you know, it, it's, it's the same thing like with the NBA draft when they, when guys who average like five points a game in high school go high, it's just about, you know, projectability and, and they're guys to dream on instead of the, the finished product. And sometimes they turn into like Alex freaking Rodriguez. And sometimes they, you know, bomb out and high A. <laughs> yeah. Is the draft order based, The it's based on last year's finish, right? Not this year? Yeah. Reverse right. order of last year. So we can't tank for lighter? No. <laughs> no, I was I was in the moment when I said that. I was just upset. No, yeah, because I know you <laughs> tweeted that, Chandler. But... I was just, I was blind tweeting out of rage, and I didn't. <laughs> that's usually how it goes. You know, that's the 2021 Yankees for you who are now 16 to one to win the world series. So grab them at a good price before they go on a huge winning streak or not. And they just fall under 500 and sink into oblivion. (laughs) Are there, are there betting odds on like who people can land in in the trade deadline? Like I want to bet on Starlin Marte to be a Yankee because he's my guy. Um, I don't believe so. That would be cool. Um, I would like Starling Marte on, on my favorite team as well. Um, I'm actually, 
or or or, or the other Mar or or Cattell Cattell, Marte, yeah. who I need right now. Um, I think that you know our our teams might be going after after similar type players. Yeah. Um, Joe, Joey Gallo is another name I've been keeping my eye on. Um, they're all going to end up on the White Sox for like their top ninety-seven prospect, and then the Yankees are going to get maybe like the worst one of the three for Medina, <laughs> Dominguez, and Clint Andahar, and one more like player to be named later. Did I see today that Dominguez is going to be in the Futures game? I think I, you did I think see I that. Yeah, yep. I think the youngest player ever to make the Futures game. That's exciting. You can bet on the Futures game. I've done it before, so just a little yeah. heads Maybe up. Maybe we can take some, some hey, prop You guys ever want to talk prospects? I mean, I came to action from baseball perspectives. My life used to be prospects, really? so I'll, I'll prospects with you guys all day, every day. When do you think <laughs> When do you think Dominguez is going to come up? Because, um, I mean, there's a lot of hype around him, and everybody loves to talk about him in Yankee land, and we jokingly always go, whenever, you know, Brett Gardner strikes out or somebody strikes out, like bring up Dominguez, bring him up already. Come on. Like, I mean, he's 16. So what is he? 17 now? I mean, well, he, he hasn't even played in full season ball yet. So I think that would be yeah. the biggest issue. Um, I, you know, if, if the Yankees were like as aggressive as the nationals were with Soto, then you could say like 2023, but I think 2024 is probably more realistic. I mean, what else would cause you to be, I mean, obviously, this is, like you said, even at the most aggressive, it would be a couple years away. But I was going to say, like, you know, the Yankees are pretty much free-falling at the moment and vastly underperforming what they were supposed to. So I think what else could you do than make something crazy happen like that? Obviously, I'm not saying he should be called up. He's very young, and he hasn't even – he's making his professional debut in, I think, a week or something. I don't know where he's playing. He has six plate appearances in the Florida – in the – Florida rookie league right now. That's his, that's the totality of his minor league career. <laughs> and what are, what are his stats in that? <laughs> what are his stats? Uh, it looks like he's over three with three walks and two strikeouts. There so you go. Bust. Nice. So he's a yeah. bust. <laughs> Write him off. <laughs> I got one more prospect for you. Don't know if you know the name that well, you will soon. Friend of the pod, 24th oh. ranked player in the Yankees organization, Brandon Lockridge, speedy, true 80 grade center fielder. 80 grade speed, that is. He's, I don't know uh, anything. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know anything about him. <laughs> but, yeah, little, uh, we're looking at, I'm thinking late 2021 here is what I'm projecting. Round five, fifth round pick in 2018 out of Troy, huh? Great guy. Very fast. Yeah, we got, okay. we, got uh, we got some drinks with him. He was a very nice guy, too, and I told him I could beat him in a race, and he just happened to be injured at the time. So. You know, you tell me, I think, if you can grade on integrity or, I don't know, this guy might be a 20 graded on uh, on lying about injuries. <laughs> Look, I, you never want to scout the stat line with minor leaguers, but he, uh, he has a, a 298 on-base percentage in high A right now. So I, I don't want to rain on your guys' parade too bad. That, <laughs> that doesn't look good. <laughs> he got hurt and missed a month. He was the top-hitting uh, prospect in the Yankees' high A organization before he got hurt. Right. He's going to be a beast. I, I believe Thank in him. Thank you. That's all I needed to hear. We'll relay the message to him. So, uh, do you guys want to talk about anything else before we close out here? I think I think we I think we hit a lot of stuff here. I think, I think we hit a, so we to hit round it out. Yeah, yeah, to round it out, I think I'm taking uh, doubling down on Otani to not only win the MVP but potentially get hurt if you could bet on that too, because that might happen as well. And then you can hedge your bet that way. So I don't know, but but. Uh, 
I'll mean, give you, I'll give you one, I'll give you one thing to go because I was looking at tomorrow's lines, and one of the lines that stood oh, out yeah. to me was the Angels, was the Angels Yankees game for tomorrow with when you guys are going to be seeing Otani on the mound for the first time against Domingo Herman. Uh, the totals nine and a half right now opened up. Um, I do think that's a little high. The offenses are overvalued a little bit, uh, considering how the Yankees are hitting, at least entering Tuesday. Um, and obviously they have an elite bullpen. The Angels bullpen would be the only reason that gives me a little pause for that under, but I am targeting the under nine and a half on Angels Yankees tomorrow. So that would be my, my one recommendation to give. I think those odds may have just changed because Mr. Aaron Judge just hit a nice little home run to make it a 5-2 ball game. Yankees and Mr. Gary Sanders up next. So maybe the MVP odds are moving. I don't know. Wow. It's a work in progress with this team. Hopefully they can turn it around. But I definitely, I mean, based on the, pro- the historic numbers this year for the Yankees, I think that's a fair, a fair bet. So I might have to tell you on that one. So I think that will do it for us for this episode. As always, thank you for coming on, Colin. Next week we're going to have BJ come back because I think we'll have enough time to stay away from him because of what the Yankees and Red Sox don't play between now and then. <laughs> no, I don't. Fuck, I don't. I hope, I hope not. not. Well, we might honestly I have to look at the schedule because we haven't played them basically until now. We're going to s- squeeze sixteen games against them for the rest of the year. So maybe we'll have to bring you back on next week instead of him, Colin. So. <laughs> anytime happy to be here anyway make sure you download the action network app you can follow our action if you want to it's not recommended you should probably follow colin's action but if you want to follow ours i'm 161 luke that's 161 bing you got 161 damon 161 murph as well if you want to follow our picks we're really not good at betting colin's the one to follow where can they find you colin uh at co Whitchurch. um yeah all right you heard the man Thank you for coming on, Colin, and thank you guys for listening. Tune in next time. We got our regular episodes coming up on Friday and Tuesday, and as always, the Wednesday action episodes will keep on rolling. So tune in. See you guys later. All the guys at 161st Street, I just have two words for you. See ya.